You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. We invite you to join us Sundays at 10 a.m. We also encourage you to visit riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here is today's encouraging message from Pastor Chris Tyen. Life is a journey. We start out with enthusiasm and we're excited for what lies ahead. But the journey is never easy. It's filled with difficulty and struggle. As we navigate through our journey, we collect baggage. We try to hide our baggage and assure God that we can handle it. It's through our own shame that we add more and more weight. We tuck away our sin and continue our journey crushed by a new load of guilt. Soon, the burden of our sin becomes unbearable. But God's mercy is everlasting. No matter our failure, He loves us unconditionally. Christ died so that we could walk in a freedom that only He can bring. His mercy gives us the ability to lay down our burdens without fear of condemnation. When we walk in God's mercy, we are free. Hi, this is Pastor Chris from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine. And in this first weekend of May, I want to share about God's mercy. I want to share about God's mercy. This is the first time we've been able to get together for church in like a month. And it's exciting that we are able to get together and we're going to have communion. On a communion Sunday, what a better time to talk about God's mercy. It's going to be great to be together again for church, but this is a pre-recording of a message that I'll share that will encourage us and God's mercy. We all need God's mercy. So uh, Micah 6, 8. He has shown you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. That's what it says in Micah 6.8 in the New King James Version, and we are to love mercy, and God loves mercy. And Micah 7.18, who is a God like you, who pardons sin and forgives the transgression of the remnant of his inheritance? You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. The Bible is full of examples of God's mercy, God's pity, God's compassion. God's mercy is His tender-hearted, loving compassion for His people. It is His tenderness of heart toward the needy. Grace is a gift we don't deserve, while mercy is not getting the punishment that we deserve. So get that? Grace is a gift we don't deserve, while mercy is not getting the punishment we deserve. Uh, one of the best uh, ways to explain this that I read was, uh, suppose someone attempts to rob your house. And so you find out, you catch the robber and find out that the robber, the person robbing your house, was just in a desperate situation. Uh, didn't intend to do any harm at all. Uh, maybe they needed groceries or gas or they had a need. And uh, maybe they didn't even think you were home. I don't know, but you caught them breaking in. Instead of calling the police, you choose to pardon the thief and let the matter go. That's mercy. Then you give them some food and a few dollars to get them through this trying time. Some gas. That's grace. Grace can be defined, or often is defined, as God's riches at Christ's expense. 
You remember in the New Testament, the tax collector said, Lord, be merciful. Lord, have mercy. Luke 18, 13. The tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, O God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. Lord, have mercy. I am a sinner. You know I'm a sinner. Please have mercy. Please have compassion. Please have pity. Please help me. Please forgive me. David, the man after God's own heart. David, in the Old Testament. David, after being confronted about his unconfessed sin of adultery with Bathsheba and then murdering her, murdering her husband. I mean, he let this sin go on for quite a while before it was brought to his attention, before he repented of it. And we see this in Psalm 51. He says, Have mercy on me, O God. According to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. David needed mercy. We need mercy. God knows our hearts. God knows our minds. God knows our attitudes. God knows our actions. And even for those of us who are saved in Christ, following Jesus, there's times we mess up and we are in need of mercy. David was following after the Lord. David was doing what he thought was right most of the time until he fell into temptation and created a huge mess, gave into a big temptation, gave into a big sin. Then he tried to cover it up. He tried to go on like it didn't matter. But your sins find you out. The blind cried out for mercy. Matthew 20, verse 30. Two blind men were sitting by the roadside, and when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, Son of David! Have mercy on us. And Jesus did. They cried out for mercy and they found it. You know, you might not be physically blind, but people without Christ are spiritually blind. But there's hope and mercy for that. Psalm 146, verse 8. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous give sight to the blind. He can open our eyes of spiritual blindness. He can help us to see what we need to see, to see Jesus. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 3 through 6, Paul writes, even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. So those who are perishing are unable to see the truth of the gospel, are unable to understand and comprehend the things, the truth of Jesus. The God, with a small g, of this age, Satan, has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. In God's mercy, he removes those blinders so we can see and understand the truth of the gospel, the truth of Jesus Christ. That is mercy, and we should celebrate that this communion week. Paul writes, For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, Let light shine out of the darkness in the creation, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. For us to be able to understand that and comprehend that through Scripture, through the help of the Holy Spirit, that's mercy. That's mercy. We need mercy. In 1973, there was a hymn that was written. I found it in the gray hymnal. The hymn is Kind and Merciful God. And I'm not going to sing it to you. I'm just going to read the words. So I think that it's true in our lives. Those of us who claim Jesus as our Lord and Savior, those of us who claim to be saved, who claim to be living in Jesus, I think there's parts of this hymn that speak to us, those parts of this hymn that convict us. And 
I used to be in a church where we'd sing hymns all the time, so I got to pick out the hymns for the Sunday night services when I was the associate pastor at one church, and this was not a hymn that we sung very often, and I have a feeling it's maybe because it's kind of convicting, but here's what it says, kind and merciful God. Kind and merciful God, we have sinned in your sight. We have all wandered far from your way. We have followed desire. We have failed to aspire to their virtue we ought to display. Kind and merciful God, we've neglected your word and the truth that would guide us aright. We have lived in the shade of the dark we have made when you willed us to walk in the light. Kind and merciful God, we have broken your laws, and in conduct we veered from the norm. We have dreamed of the good, but the good that we could, we have frequently failed to perform. Kind and merciful God, in Christ's death on the cross, you provided a cleansing from sin. Speak the words that forgive, that henceforth we may live by the might of your Spirit within. Kind and merciful God, Bid us lift up our heads and command us to rise from our knees. May our hearts now be changed and no longer estranged through the power of your pardon and peace. Number one, the Lord's mercy saves us. The Lord's mercy saves us. We should proclaim this. We should celebrate this. We should love that the fact that God shows mercy so that we can be saved. Titus 3 verse 5, he saved us. Not because of the righteous things we had done. That means you didn't earn it. You didn't buy it. You didn't inherit it. It wasn't given yours as a privilege or a right. But God, in His mercy, decided to give it to us, to share it with those of us who will be saved. He saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. In His mercy, God in His mercy chose to call us through the Holy Spirit, chose to give us Jesus as our salvation, as our model to follow, chose to enter, to call us and so we could enter into a saving relationship, to be adopted as children of God, to be assured heaven. So many great things, so many great things. Do you want that? Is that something that you want? If that's something that you've been wanting for a while, if you realize that you're a sinner, that you need to be saved, you need to receive that gift. Would you call out in prayer right now that the Lord would have mercy on you? Maybe pray with me right now. Lord Jesus, Please have mercy on me. I am a sinner. I acknowledge that you died on the cross and that you rose again. You ascended into heaven, that you hear my prayer now and you want to be involved in my life. So forgive me. Cleanse me. Come into my life and save me. Make me the person you created me to be. I want to follow you. In Jesus' name. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer, would you let us know so we can send you resources to help you get growing in the Christian life? Let's share more about God's mercy. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, it says, Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we are dead in our transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. So God shows his mercy. We didn't deserve it. There wasn't anything we were doing to, to work towards it. Instead, God gave it. God showed it. God provided it. You know, we often don't feel worthy uh, from our past, the things that we've done in the past, the things that have separated us from God, the things that have given us a reputation, the things that we did maybe before we were saved. The Apostle Paul, I mentioned this before, but he felt unworthy. 
and in need of mercy. And he realized the good news of Jesus Christ. He realized the free gift of salvation is the ultimate gift because he tried so hard to be a religious professional. He tried so hard to be the Pharisee of the Pharisees. He wanted to be a, a God-man through education, through study, through the study of the Old Testament, through so many things. And he didn't measure up. And instead, he ended up persecuting Christians and doing things that were against God's will. And Jesus had to show up in a miraculous way, show up and say, Paul, Actually, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Stop it. Follow me. So here's what Paul writes. Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. Do you ever feel that way? Do you ever feel like you're the worst? What business, you're like, what business do I have sharing my faith with people? Because I wasn't the best. Um, maybe you're the best person to share about Christ because maybe you were the worst too. And then Christ got a hold of you and changed you and forgave you. God showed you the mercy. Verse 16, his mercy. But for that very reason. So Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Have you believed in Jesus and received eternal life? Are you an example of God's mercy and grace? Are you an example? Are you able to share your testimony of what your life was like before you came to Christ? How you came to Christ? What led up to that? What happened? What you did to receive Christ? And what your life has been like since? Share that with others. Be an example. You too, be an example for those who would believe in Him and receive eternal life. Paul needed mercy. We need mercy. He obtained mercy, and he decided to live all out for Jesus, and we need to do the same thing. He realized that when we sin, that we are just accumulating a pile of debt. We, when we sin, we do things against God. We are raking up wages of things that we don't want. So Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So uh, we don't want to be earning that. We don't want to be accumulating that. Uh, we don't want death. We want eternal life in the Lord. Uh, death is separation from God. Death leads to hell. Death is not good. I'm not talking about physical death where you cross from this life to the next. I'm talking about eternal death. Uh, choose eternal life. And when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you receive eternal life. Number two, the Lord's mercy shows love. The Lord's mercy shows his love. I think some of the verses we already read show how much God loves us. But Romans 5, 8, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we are still sinners, Christ died for us. So Jesus, 2,000 years ago, it was before you and I were born. But it was God's plan from the beginning at just the right time that Christ Jesus would come into the world, teach us how to live, die for our sins, uh, rise again, conquer death, and offer us an opportunity to be saved, to have eternal life, and to become children of God, uh, to be assured heaven, to be able to be used uh, in His service, to make a difference in the world, to be ambassadors for Christ, to be ministers of reconciliation. And I plead with you to use every moment that you have, every opportunity that you have, because you don't know how much time you have left. Your days could be numbered. Uh, I'm not sure you run around with a countdown timer on your clock as to how many days you might have left, but your days could be numbered. 
and uh, your ability to speak or the opportunities that you have or the health that you have, all those things could be taken away so suddenly you never know. One day I'm at Snap Fitness just going all out, going crazy like a badger, and the next day I injured my the back of my heel somehow, could barely walk, and I had gone from being a badger to acting like a sloth. And uh, things changed so fast. I've been kind of hobbling around for a week. But God loves us so much, and He loves others, and He uses us to tell others about His love. And we know John 3.16, and we've memorized it, for God loved the world. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. We've memorized that, but do we go the rest of the way? Do we share the rest of the verse? It says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. People need to believe in Jesus, and we need to help bring the message. We need to help them to see reason, to believe in Jesus, to experience God's love, God's perfect love, because God so loved the world. In his mercy, he sent Jesus. Jesus loved the world so much that he was willing to give his life on a cross, to suffer that shame, to take on the sins of the world, to be crucified on the cross. Yes, he rose again. Yes, he is our Savior, our perfect Savior, but the price he paid was immense, and we should worship, and we should serve. Uh, There's so many verses in the Bible that encourage us, so many verses in the Bible that inspire us. Psalm 103, is a great one. Psalm 103 verse 8 talks about God forgetting our sins, talks about God not remembering the stuff that we've done that's wrong. It says, Psalm 103, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. Verse 10, he does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. That is the biggest distance we could think of. Uh, That is a huge distance. His love is so high. His love is so great. And what does he do with our sins? What does he do with the remembrance of our iniquities? He chooses to forget them, to put them far away from himself. Psalm 103, verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him, because he is a God who is rich in mercy. John Claypool wrote years back in the book, The Light Within You. He said, the real meaning of mercy is that it can look on failure and still see a future. That is mercy. God can look on our failure and still see a future. God can look at the things that we've done in the past, the messes that we've made, the things that we've done that are wrong, and forgive us and help us to move forward and give us a future, a future now, a future for eternity. Will you take advantage of the days God gives you and the resources that He gives you and the power from the Holy Spirit and all the Bible translations and tools that we have and go make a difference in the world? Help some other people who feel like a failure find a future in Jesus Christ. Isaiah 33.2 says, Lord, be gracious to us. We long for you. Be our strength every morning, our salvation in times of distress. You know, one of the great things about sports when it's timed is that there's a definite ending of a game and then when you start a new game it's a brand new start yes there's a record of your stats as to how many wins and losses but if you play football and uh, 
last week, uh, you played all four quarters, and then it was done. You start uh, the next game with a fresh start. And God often gives us a fresh start in the morning, and His mercies are new every morning. Lamentations 3.22, Because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish, for His mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God has inexhaustible mercies. Paul Tripp writes, One of the stunning realities of the Christian life is that in a world where everything is in some state of decay, God's mercies never grow old. They never run out. They never are ill-timed. They never dry up. They never grow weak. They never get weary. They never fail to meet the need. They never disappoint. They never, ever fail because they really are new every morning. Form-fitted for the challenges, disappointments, sufferings, temptations, and struggles with sin within and without are the mercies of our Lord. Sometimes they are awe-inspiring mercies, rebuking mercies, strengthening mercies, hope-giving mercies, heart-exposing mercies, rescuing mercies, transforming mercies, forgiving mercies, provision-making mercies, uncomfortable mercies, and glory-revealing mercies truth-illuminating mercies, courage-giving mercies, and there's more. That's in Paul Tripp's uh, devotional book, New Morning Mercies. So uh, I'm actually starting to listen to that on Audible. So I love those Audible books. All right, anyway, number three. I can't believe how fast the time goes. Uh, Number three, the Lord's mercy needs to be shared. The Lord's mercy needs to be shared. We need to care for others, like the story of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10. You can read that later. But Luke um, really gives us one of the best examples of mercy in that story of the Good Samaritan. So, but we need to be merciful. We need to show mercy. Jude chapter 1 verse 22, be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire to others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. So we need to reach out to these people. We need to help these people. We need to do all that we can to try to help people in need and to show them mercy and compassion and love like God shows us. Oswald Chambers, who wrote my utmost for his highest, had written, We are going to meet unmerciful good people and unmerciful bad people, unmerciful institutions, and unmerciful organizations. We shall have to go through the discipline of being merciful to the merciless. Isn't that true? Don't you feel that way sometimes? It all comes back to that, treating people better than they deserve, not because you're just a good person and you have a good attitude, but instead because you want to show mercy, God's mercy and love. And that's what Christ's ambassadors do. James 2.12 says, So speak, and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty, for judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. we got to show mercy. If we've received mercy, we have to show mercy. God expects us to show mercy. I'm almost done, I promise. Beware of the unmerciful rescuer. Uh, you know, if a rescuer comes along and says, why should I rescue you? Your choices led to your peril. This is your fault. You should have been more cautious. You should have paid attention to the weather forecast. You should have purchased a better boat or better climbing equipment or whatever. Uh, I hope a paramedic doesn't do that. Ah, you're having a heart attack because you eat too much junk food. It's all your fault. We're not going to help you. You're on your own. Uh, no, <laughs> that'd be terrible. God doesn't even do that to us. 
we need to show mercy to others. So I want to share with you some lyrics to another song, a modern song. So the hymn I read in the beginning was from 1973, so that's like 40-some years ago. Uh, this song by Zach Williams is recent, and I think that it's very uh, convicting also. Um, I think it exemplifies Matthew 5, 7. Jesus says, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. So the song is Less Like Me by Zach Williams. And here's how the words go. And I'm not going to sing it to you, but here's how the words go. Oh, I have days I lose the fight. Try my best, but just don't get it right. Well, I talk a talk that I don't walk and miss the moments right before my eyes. Somebody with a hurt that I could have helped. Somebody with a hand that I could have held. Yeah, there's no denying I have changed because I've been saved from who I used to be. Even at my best, I must confess, I still need help to see the way you see. Somebody with a hurt that I could have helped. Somebody with a hand that I could have held. Oh, I want to feed the beggar on the street. Love to be your hands and your feet. Freely give what I receive. Lord, help me. I want, to be a, I want a friendship first above all else. Love my neighbor as myself. In the moments no one sees, Lord, help me be. And here's the chorus that I uh, didn't read after the first three verses. Here's the chorus. A little more like mercy, a little more like grace, a little more like kindness, goodness, love, and faith, a little more like patience, a little more like peace, a little more like Jesus, oh, a little less like me, a little more of living everything I preach, a little more like Jesus, a little less like me, oh, a little less like me. Let me finish with Second John verse 3. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Father's Son, will be with us in truth and love. Now, if you come to the live service, we're going to have communion right now. So, we're not going to have communion on this video. But anyway, so here's our situation is that our church has been around for like 19 and a half years. At least I've been serving in the church for 19 and a half years. And because of COVID, we don't have a place to meet. So we don't have a suitable traditional space to meet. So we are able to meet in a restaurant uh, next to our ministry center. And we are trying to work out a deal or a way to live stream what we're doing in the restaurant over to the ministry center in the three rooms there with the three TVs to um, have a live feed in case we overflow. So we'll probably have some outdoor services uh, for the rest of the month of May. We'll actually be able to meet in the restaurant. Uh, we're looking for a permanent place to meet. We're trying to uh, figure out a way to uh, reorganize and re-strategize so we can be more effective in doing ministry. We used to rent the public school and it, it worked pretty good until they kicked us out because of COVID. It doesn't seem like they're going to let us back in. And we've tried with the help of our denomination, the Christian and Missionary Alliance, to try to acquire purchase, rent, uh, suitable building spaces, and it just hasn't been working out. So pray for us in that. We want to serve Jesus. We want to make a difference in the community. And while we know the church is about people, not buildings, we also know that the church is probably going to do a lot better if we have a building. So anyway, uh, let me pray. Jesus, I thank you so much for your mercy, for your grace, for your love, for the opportunity to know you and to share you, for the opportunity to make a difference in the world where you placed us and even reach out uh, to other parts of the world through uh, technology and social networking and video and audio and so many opportunities. Also, so many distractions. So help us to be focused and help us to be full of mercy and grace. Jesus, we thank you. Amen. 
All right, so you can help River Rock Church keep moving forward by giving. Uh, most people give online right now. Uh, you can give online at riverrockchurch.com slash give. Uh, some people send checks to our P.O. Box, P.O. Box 184, Belle Plaine, Minnesota, 56011. Uh, we'd love to hear your prayer requests, riverrockchurch.com slash pray. Uh, you can also see more messages at riverrockchurch.com slash watch or slash listen. So we've got some life groups going on right now. I think Bible quizzing just finished up for the year, but it will start again next year. So proud of those students and the Bible quizzing and all the verses they memorized and uh, uh, prizes they've received for our competition student Bible quizzing. Youth group still going. Um, anyway, I, uh, I'm out of time, but you have yourself an awesome week and we hope to see you at one of our live services at 9.30 a.m. at Oldenburg's Restaurant in Belle Plaine. Have a great week. You've been listening to a message from River Rock Church. River Rock Church exists to help people of all ages connect to Christ and live well lives. W stands for worshiping, E for encouraging, L for learning, and L for loving. God wants you to be well. Visit riverrockchurch.com for our latest news and to access resources to help you and the people you care about live well lives.